Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. Another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. My amazing guest today is Linda Cohen, who is a kindness catalyst. We'll talk about what that probably means as we get into this. Linda, welcome to Live on Purpose Radio. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul. Really happy to be here with you today. You are one of those people that just exudes positivity. And so, of course, I was... (laughs) attracted toward you to invite you to the show. Yes, and I enjoyed when we got to see you present too, so it was amazing to see that, yeah. I love this idea of kindness catalyst, and I don't know that I've ever talked to anyone besides you who goes by that title. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit what that is? What, what's behind that? What drew you to this particular kind of work? So to um, kind of share a little bit about how I got to be a kindness catalyst, I want to take you back 10 years. Um, my, it was 2006, and I got a phone call from my father, and he was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And when I received that phone oh. call, I knew in that instant that if the relationship we were having, uh, which was, he was a shrink as well, I will say. I grew up with a shrink father. Oh. And, uh, my <laughs> condolences. Was, Yes, it was a difficult teenage year, I would say. Um, but anyway, we were we were a little bit stuck as if I was still 16 and he was still the dad, kind of with the parental role. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So when this phone call came in and I was 38 and I was married and had my own children, I knew that if anything was going to happen, I had to do something. So um, he lived across the country from me and I got on a plane the next week and was there with him. And we spent a wonderful week together kind of hashing out what needed to be hashed out because um, this was a terminal situation. Um, And the next eight months of my dad's life were this wonderful gift, beautiful gift of time. And uh, when he passed away, about five weeks after his death, I woke up with this idea that I wanted to do something to honor him. And the idea was to do a thousand mitzvahs, and that's the Jewish word for a good deed or an act of kindness. But my idea was to do this project, this thousand mitzvah project in his memory. Um, and that's that's what happened 10 years ago. I stepped into this work to do acts of kindness. I never knew what they were going to look like. The project was going to be put on a blog just to keep track because my husband said, how will you know you've accomplished this? And uh, and that was 10 years ago, 2007, when I started that project. Um, and it began to be something that changed my life. And if you talk about living a life that's positive, when mm. you are looking for ways to give in the world you look around to see what you can do. And that's when the little things show up that you can do that are acts of kindness. Okay. I've seen your book, Thousand Mitzvahs. Yes. And now that makes sense to me. Now that makes sense. Well, this was a personal, it was, well, it was a personal quest really that you launched. It was an absolutely life transforming experience. And I did use the word mitzvahs for quite a long time, but a couple of years ago, I I rebranded as the kindness catalyst because Mm -hmm. I felt like that would give me an opportunity to speak with people who knew what kindness was, where mitzvahs sometimes put me in a category which kind of limited who might understand what I'm talking about. But of course, 
the word mitzvahs is a beautiful, huge word about good deeds and acts of kindness. And it's something in the Jewish religion that is, you know, is, is huge. So yes. it's also something huge in the, you know, when I use the word kindness and we talk about that in the world. So this experiment that I'm thinking of it as an experiment yeah. because yeah. who knew that exactly. this was going to transform your life, your career, everything that you do. Really? Wow. I think my dad might have known, honestly. I mm. have always felt his spirit and his presence through this project, and I feel like it was sort of the next chapter. I'm getting teary just saying that, because every time I talk about my dad, I feel like we we healed. Um, mm. We healed some of the difficulties, um, mm -hmm. but I feel like he knew, and he was sort of guiding me. I mean, I'll, I'll jokingly say, so I'm a professional speaker, as you are, and yes. my dad always used to tell me, you have verbal diarrhea you know, Ugh. stop talking. And I realize now, God, dad, if you had just told me that that would get me a career 20 years ago, that would have cut the curve, the learning curve so much. <laughs> so much. So, um, but we have to go through our learning process. Don't you think, Linda? Absolutely. It's, and it's custom designed for every person. Exactly. exactly. So this is exactly what needed to happen for you. Two. Yep. Yep. And it was a two and a half year project. I mean, I honestly, when I stepped into it, had that epiphany in the middle of the night, woke up and I had this idea of what I wanted to do. I thought I could do it in a year or less. It felt like, yeah, you can do three acts of kindness a day, you know, mm. um, but it took, it took two years at the first year. I was only at 500. So, um, wow. Yeah. But um, it's been transforming. And now I speak to audiences and work with companies around how kindness benefits all of us, both personally and professionally. Um, you know, if, if somebody takes on project, and by the way, I'm not the only kindness catalyst. There are actually, there was just a conference in April in San Francisco. Somebody organized a, a kindness conference and there were about 75 kindness leaders from around the world that were invited to attend. Um, so there are definitely people harnessing this idea of spreading kindness and encouraging people. And there's a whole company, the Kind Bar Company, you know, it has the, the name in, the, mm. in their company work. Um, so, Yeah, I think we're seeing a transformation, it, it seems to me, in the industry. And you know that I speak primarily on positivity. Yes. Kindness, positivity. Um, these used to be called the soft skills exactly. of business or leadership. Exactly. There's a lot of research that's accumulating now on the, on the very tangible effects of, of what you and I are talking about here. Mm -hmm. What can you share with us about that? Just to give our, our listeners a, a feel for it. Um, we, you know, I basically will talk with a company or an association um, about what happens to companies that maybe don't exude this. And these days with social media, if a company does not necessarily live, you know, their their mission on kindness, they, they may have uh, repercussions because, you know, now you may not just tell your neighbor something that happened in a bad interaction. You may go put something up on Yelp or social media or, you know, share pictures or catch it on a video and that can be pretty detrimental to a company. Um, mm. The same thing is true individually. You know, I think as you go out, and there's some great um, research. I don't know if you know um, Sonia Lubomirsky, a researcher out of uh, Riverside, UC Riverside, the, the how of happiness, the scientific approach to getting the life you want. And her research basically showed that our internal happiness 
um, comes from our DNA, from our living circumstances, and 40% of our internal happiness comes from our intentional actions. So if people are feeling bummed out or depressed or sad, start doing some, you know, start looking for ways you can give back and um, positivity will, you know, will spew out of that, you know, mm-hmm. as you look for opportunities. And I think that's ended up being the reason why I, this personal project became a book um, and I began speaking about it because I, because I began to see, you know, I had stepped into this when I was grieving. So it was kind of a time when personally yeah. was having my own grief, but realized as I looked for opportunities and ways to do little acts of kindness, there was this ripple effect and, um, and it made me feel happier and positive and inspired. And I was able to share that with other people and people saw that around what I was doing as well. And, and, you know, you never know what your ripple effect will be. I I often will tell an audience that. There's, there's a magic to it. I tell my clients all the time, okay, it's not magic. Right. It's principle. Yes. In fact, I taught you a little trick about this. Yes. When uh, we were at an, an event together in, in Oregon. Right. Um, where it looks like magic. It's like, oh, how did that happen? And then when you learn the principle behind it, it's really a very simple thing to pull off. And as I'm thinking about this application of kindness, you see some companies, for example, that are just knocking it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. And people love them. Right. And they're putting little hearts up on their social media. Right. Related to that company. And it's, it's not magic. Right. No. Often those companies have a culture of specific kindness actions. Maybe it's even their mission. I mean, there are companies that their one of their missions is kindness and they, they mm-hmm. empower their employees. They acknowledge and recognize their employees. There is a value to those actions and they foster it and they feed it and they're working hard to make sure that that's how people feel. And It's an exciting place to be, you know, and every company has that opportunity. Any association has that opportunity. You know, I want to give a shout out. I mean, we're both part of the National Speakers Association. And a couple of years ago, um, I was at our first conference. I had never attended the national conference and three years ago attended my first conference. And I recorded a video like at the end of the third night of the conference because I was just like, this organization is so amazing there had been three huge things that had happened that I had witnessed that were kindness. I mean, number one, every time you're a new newbie at a conference of a National Speakers Association, you get a little badge that you wear and people know to welcome you. You're, you're new. You know, they know it's going to be overwhelming. Everybody, as you walk through the halls and you're walking into sessions, says hello to you. So you suddenly feel like you're part of this community. Um, there's also a buddy system. You know, there were lots of, uh, members who reached out and one in particular said, I want to be your buddy. I want to sit with you that first night at the event, which was awesome because I didn't know who I was going to sit with in a crowd of over a thousand people. And, you know, she was my buddy for the whole weekend. Um, and then I just, I, I added one extra thing with the name tags cause there were two other experiences. One was there was somebody in our organization who had gone through some health crisis that year. And there was a big email that had gone out ahead of time to see if, if the other members would help him get there because it had been a tough year for him financially. And he probably wasn't going to be able to attend if he didn't have some assistance and everybody was, you know, replying. And I, I, I didn't even know these people, but because of how they replied on the Facebook, social media, it just made me so happy that everybody supported. And I actually met him. 
leaving the airport. Like I knew who he was because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You know, I didn't want, I mean, he knew, I'm sure he knew that people had, you know, put in some of the money to be able to get there. Um, But then also my final thing was um, there was a fundraising dinner and it had been a stretch for me to get there that first year. And so I went to the little membership desk and I said, Hey, I really want to go to the fundraising dinner, but there's another like hundred and something dollars. And I really can't swing that. And is there any scholarship, any way I could go last minute? And the person standing next to me, another member, you know, who'd been part of association for a while said, I'll pay for you. I'd love you to be able to go. And she whips out her credit card and she just, and I didn't know her. I mean, consequently I ended up following up with her and just thanking her, but I just felt like there was so much kindness in this group. Um, and, and I, you know, I recorded this video because I was like, this is what can happen in every association when that is what is purported as part of your, as part of your goals for your group. Yes. You know what, Linda, you've triggered some thinking on my part. When we come back from this first break, I want to throw some psychological support. Good. What you're talking about here, because there are reasons why this works. Folks, this is Linda Cohen at Live On Purpose Radio. We will be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com And welcome back. Linda Cohen at Live On Purpose Radio today. She is the kindness catalyst. And apparently there's others which I didn't know. But <laughs> There's what more of us. You know what, Linda? From a psychological perspective, where our focus is matters a whole lot. Yeah. And I've got a model. You've seen it. I've, I've shared it with you and your group in, in Oregon um, where you make a distinction between focusing on yourself versus focusing on other people. And what we've found is that self-focus tends to generate anxiety. Yeah. And getting outside of that, if you forget about yourself and focus on other people, how they feel about themselves, it puts you into a psychological state that frees you from the anxiety, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And I think that's one of the reasons kindness works. But you know what? There's all kinds of collateral goodness that happens. Uh, Even though it benefits us personally, the reason that we're doing it is to lift and enrich and enhance other people. Right. And there's a, a sweet compensation there psychologically that we get out of our own way. We free ourselves from anxiety and from judgment. And we get to have a more joyful life. Yeah. Which is what's what it's all about, I think, at the end of the day. Definitely. I think most people want this. I think most people want to live this way. And 
I kind of give people permission to turn down their media diet because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. that makes us feel a little more hopeless and a little bit more like there isn't a lot of good happening in the world. And I don't believe that. I think there's plenty of good. I just don't think it's great for ratings. (laughs) Right. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Unfortunately, but there's a, a, a movement. And because you guys are listening to this podcast right now, you're part of the movement. Exactly. To get more positive media out there and to realize there's a lot of good things happening. Every day, every day. There's so much. That's actually one of the best things about being in this. And you may feel this too with, you know, when you speak about positivity, you get to live in that space every day because mm-hmm. that's what you're, you know, that's what you're surrounding yourself with. And the same is true for me when I go to an, an organization and I ask them, what kindness have you received today? you know, then I get to hear a hundred great stories or 20 great stories, whatever is shared. So, and so does everybody else in that audience. So, um, right. So you coach people and organizations on this, this kindness strategy, this uh, very simple concept that changes the game. What direction would you lead us on this? Linda? You know, it really depends where the, you know, where someone is to start with. If they already are embodying this, then let's just share, like, you know, there are some fellow speakers I have who I just feel I get inspired every day when I get to hear what they're being motivated by, you know, um, sharing good stories that are happening. Uh, I think that's one, you know, that's one thing, change your social media history, make sure you aren't adding to a negative conversation, make it more positive. And if, you know, you aren't, then take a look at what you're putting out there. Um, mm. But uh, if, a, if a business comes to me and they are, you know, interested in talking about this, I'd like to take a pulse of where they are currently. And let's talk about that. And um, let's have a fun conversation about kindness and where you are right now. Maybe let's already talk about what's happening and then and then look yes. at how we can lead that direction to um, to collect stories and begin to put the energy on what we want more of. There's a culture that develops. Yeah. And that culture, if it's based on more of a negative, what's wrong with the world right. kind of a culture, it creates an energy mm-hmm. among everyone. Everyone in that organization gets affected by that. Exactly. So you're saying take a look at what, what is the current culture? Right. Where are we? Let's take the temperature. Exactly. And from there, we can start focusing on more of what we want instead of what we don't want. Exactly. Um, and in focusing on what we want is that we want to acknowledge our employees. We want to be able to shout out to them when we know they're doing a good job. They're kicking in. They're helping each other. Let's have a plan for that. Let's have a system where we're able to do that. If an organization has that, then they often will get more feedback around what's happening, you know, positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe people don't want to be shouted out. Maybe they don't want to be recognized publicly, but maybe you have a way to, uh, you know, privately recognize them. And, and, you know, managers can know that about their employees by having, you know, taking some assessment about that. Um, Maybe your customers or your clients have a way to say that you're doing a good job. You know, you collect some kind of information about that. I know in Oregon, several of our healthcare organizations, the medical organizations have like uh, roses because we're the city of roses. So they have little roses on the badges. So you know that maybe that doctor or that nurse has gotten a lot of great feedback from from clients, you know, from patients. So there's a way to you know, physically see what, what they've done. Um 
But I, you know, I often will, if I get a great experience at a local business, I love to be able to shout out something positive about it because I think that we often are quick to complain. We're quick to say something bad that happened. And, you know, the good things maybe we don't even really acknowledge. They just kind of go under the radar. Um, Right. You know, when you're at a restaurant, when you're at a hotel, when you're um, working with some business, you know, give them a recommendation. That's another way you could, you could share sharing some positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, kindness. You'd, you'd think, Linda, that, that kindness is really a simple thing that everybody can just naturally do. Sometimes it takes a little bit of an intentional effort to do it. Yes, actually, you're right. There's actually um, the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. I don't know if you've heard Random Acts of Kindness Mm -hmm. Week. It's in February. Um, But I have actually heard people talking about, I want to do intentional acts of kindness. I want to be out. And I think that for me, that was kind of why that project that I did was transforming because I was... I had a number. I was working to hit a thousand acts of kindness. So I was kind of looking every day, which meant my phone was down you know, and anyway, 10 years ago, I probably didn't have a cell phone yet in my pocket every day. Um, but you know, my cell phone, you know, your phone is down, you're looking around. Um, I remember that it just, it never took the big things. It was always the simplest things. I just remember once being in a Trader Joe's and I had a family of four and I had my big basket of groceries and the guy behind me had, you know, two items. And I said, do you want to go in front of me? And he said, oh my gosh, oh yes, that'd be great. You know, thank you so much. This is the nicest thing that's happened all day. And in my head, I'm thinking, wow, what kind of a day were you having if just letting me have you go in front of me is like the nicest thing that's happened. Best thing ever. Exactly. I mean, so for that person, we never know where we're meeting somebody in the course of their day. We never know if letting them go in front of us at the grocery store or listening to some stranger that you meet in a, you know, in a waiting room or on a bus or, you know, on my airplane, maybe that's something really important. And um, that's an, an act of kindness too. So if you're intentionally looking for these opportunities, I think you'll find them more. And, uh, and then when we're busy, that may get harder. It may get harder to be looking every day for them. So We kind of get tunnel vision sometimes. Yeah. You know, we're focusing on whatever it is we've got to do next. Exactly. And exactly. I noticed this just on the street yesterday. Yes. I was driving home from my office. I pull onto a very busy street here that's often backed up Mm -hmm. behind the the stoplight. And it requires an intentional act of kindness for someone to pause briefly to let you into the flow of traffic. (laughs) Yes. Right? (laughs) And and I looked around at some of the people that were driving and they're just, you know, they're focused. They're going to get somewhere. (laughs) Can't be bothered with any delays. Exactly. Delay? How much of a delay is it going to cause? You got to stop at the light anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Right? But here's something I noticed, Linda. This was so cool. Because I saw up ahead of me a ways, I saw someone pause and let someone out of the parking lot onto the busy street. Mm-hmm. And the person waved at them and they were so pleased. And then I watched that person then pause at the oh, next nice. entry. Yep. It has kind of this domino effect. It does, yeah. Because it raises the awareness. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I actually call it the ripple effect. And that was one of the lessons yeah. that I did get out of that two and a half year project was the ripple effect. You never know what your action, how it will affect someone else. I mean, what ended up shocking me with this mitzvah project was that there were people who, you know, copied my project. You know, there was 
uh, a couple of teenagers who did it um, at crucial time. We have a bat mitzvah, bar mitzvah celebration in Judaism, and a couple of kids decided to do projects like that around the world. Um, wow. I've had other, yeah, I've had other um, schools took it on. You know, they did it collectively as a classroom. Um, they decided they wanted their kids to do acts of kindness and they created a book kind of similar to my book, the way my format is. Um, and then they called me in to ask if I would keynote, it was here in Oregon or not keynote, but be the, you know, the author in residence. And it's just very exciting to see that there could be a snowball effect. And I often want, you know, I remember when I woke up in the middle of the night with the idea, I thought, this could be really cool if a lot of people started taking something on like that. Cause I think it shifts how you show up. And like you said, when you're looking for ways you take it off of yourself and you begin to look for, um, what's that category, that final category, which is non-judgmental and non. I call it the influence quadrant. Okay. Yeah. And it's simply where our focus is on how other people feel about themselves. Right. Right. It's not about me and how I feel is only secondary. Right. And that has this magical effect right. of improving your own exactly. joy. Exactly. But it, it benefits other people too, obviously. Of course. Of course. You know, um, I had a, a, an elderly um, friend. She was in her 90s um, the, year, the years that I was working on this project and several years um, after that. And I used to go visit her. I'd make a you know, weekly visit to her. She was a dear, dear friend. And I remember I had at least a couple of other younger friends say, wow, it's so nice that you go visit, you know, Mrs. Geller. And I was like, it wasn't that it was nice that I was going to visit her. She was somebody helping me. You know, she was so wise in her 90s. I could go talk to her about husband relationships, raising children. You know, I lost my dog. I remember I was embarrassed to tell her because I was like, oh my gosh. And she was just... There was so there was a reciprocal situation. It wasn't like I was giving her something. It was reciprocal. And so I think the same thing happens when we engage in kindness or when we volunteer and when we serve, you know, an organization. We think, oh, you know, I'm going to give my time and I'm going to go do this or I'm going to do this nice thing for someone else. And often you walk away and you like don't want to tell anybody, but you have a little bit of a like a giver's high, you know? Yeah. And you're like, okay, wow, you know? That, there was something about that that was pretty exciting. So. As this becomes the culture of an organization or a company or a family, yes. it, it affects every member of that organization and raises the energy. Absolutely. Where uh, it, it has some phenomenal results. And how we treat our people within an organization is going to determine how they treat the people that we're serving. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, some of the companies, like you sort of alluded to this at the beginning of the talk, companies that embody this that are just rocketing, you know, their businesses are rocketing um, mm -hmm. because this is what they embody. It's, it's, it's encouraging because I think it's really, like you said before, yeah. soft subjects maybe weren't talked about in the business leadership world years ago, but I think that's changing because... You can always hire somebody um, and teach them some skills technically, but I don't know that you can teach people these sort of soft skills. I think some of these things you might want to hire somebody who sort of embodies this, you know, if that's the culture you're, you're growing, that's who you'd want to have. Yeah. Um, can I just share one really cool story just because I know mental health is, um, I'm not sure if you've shared a lot of this um, before on your show, but um, 
one of the companies that I like to talk about in my kindness, culture of kindness, you know, workshop is about a company in Michigan, um, a technical company called Olark. And last July, um, they got some recognition on Twitter because a, a, an employee had asked for two days off for sick time because she had some mental health you know, challenges and she needed to address it. And she asked her CEO if she could have some sick time off. And the email, the response that he wrote back to her, she said, can I, can I post this on social media? Because he, he absolutely thanked her for asking for that time off and for, um, and for being courageous enough to, to, you know, stand up for what she needed. And it ended up going on Twitter and getting, you know, 500 comments 16,000 likes and 44,000, you know, retweets um, because that wasn't, I I don't know that that's the typical response of the CEO. And he ended up, Ben Conglington ended up getting interviewed on all sorts of business news after that saying, you know, this is, this is 2018. One in six Americans suffers with some mental health issues. Why are we making this still a stigma? This needs to be something that companies recognize and acknowledge. And so I share that because I feel like that is a way that we can, lift the bar with companies who are acknowledging something that's so important. And it is a kindness practice for sure, but it's also, you know, human practice. So anyway. Yes. Linda, you train organizations and give presentations. You've got your book. You've got a website, right? Where people can connect with you and it's Linda Cohen consulting. Yep. com. So Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, consulting.com. Yes. And um, people can connect with you there. They can find your book there. Uh, what else would you invite our listeners to, to do as a result of listening to our conversation here today? You know, it takes about 30 days to change a behavior. So I would encourage people to maybe set out um, to... Say they'd like to do acts of kindness for one month. You know, we're the middle of, I don't know when you're going to air this, but let's say you're near the beginning of a month or you're in the middle of the month, take 30 days and say, I'd like to do one act of kindness and, you know, have a reminder on your phone and be looking for that opportunity. And it could be something like letting somebody in in traffic. It could be, you know, giving up your seat somewhere to help someone. It could be, you know, doing a LinkedIn, you know, shout out for someone or doing it at a business, um, smiling at someone, listening to someone. There are so many ways you could do little acts of kindness. But I think when people look at it uh, for a month, it begins to shift your, your headset. So. And if you get really courageous, you can do a thousand mitzvahs. I did have people do that. I, you know, at the beginning, <laughs> my book's been out for five years. I haven't done as much of this recently. But yes, if people want to connect with me, and I will keep you accountable for doing a thousand mitzvahs. So love you. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you for being at Live On Purpose Radio today, Linda. It's been thank delightful. So thank you so much. It's been great to be with you today. And for all of you who are listening, who are about to start your 30-day exercise... It's time to go live on purpose.